0: All right, folks, welcome in to Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook Sports. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter, part of the Mile High Sports Podcast Network, and I am excited to chat about these Denver Nuggets with my guy, Swipe A Cam. We are on weekends with Swipe here. Year. Uh, Swipe a, how you doing, my guy?
1: Yeah, I'm living. Good, a great start to the season. The Denver Nuggets are doing what I... Thought they would do. I believe you also thought they might get off to a hot start as well. They look like the NBA champions that they are, and they're trying to win a second straight, and they got the best player in the world and apparently a couple all-defensive players. So maybe Coach of the Year, Michael Malone, might actually get a serious look this year. So, you know, who knows? We'll see.
0: Coach of the Year, Michael Malone. I do like the sound of that. That would be a fun one for sure. Uh, you know, it is it is interesting. There have been a lot of guys that have gotten the credit over the course of this run that have, have been receiving the praise, whether it's Jokic, obviously he's gotten his flowers. Jamal Murray, I think, has gotten his flowers too. Every single role player for the Nuggets from KCP and Bruce Brown to Michael Porter, Aaron Gordon, to guys along down the line have gotten their credit as well. Michael Malone doesn't get a lot of credit, and I think that's wow. a, that'll be a fascinating story. If, if they were to get off to that, I don't know, 55 to 60 win threshold, then he's got to be at, at least a, a front runner for coach of the year.
1: Yeah. Well, I think the, the thing is, oh, bro, it's like they've been getting so underestimated uh, from the coaching standpoint for years. And every time alone had a really good season, I think 2018, 19, they won 54 games. Was that, the, uh, I think the Steve Kerr win that year That's when the Warriors had Kevin Durant and them. I can't remember it went to the, the year the Ooh. Toronto Raptors won.
0: Actually, 2018-19, I believe that was the first Mike Budenholzer year. Yes, and it the was. Bucks, they won sixty the Bucks, games or like, something like that. They they skyrocketed and understandably right. so, but I I it would be nice to see Coach Malone get, get some of that credit too. Well,
1: but even nineteen twenty, uh, I don't remember who coach of the year was for the bubble. Twenty twenty-one, it was uh it was Tip Thib- Thibodeau, Tom Thibodeau. Uh and then twenty two, I believe it was uh uh, Monty, and then last year was uh, uh, Mike Brown, and so this year, and unanimous by the way, Mike Brown, which he should have been. But this year, bro, it's like he just won a championship. He outcoached all these players, these coaches down the stretch of the game. Even Eric Spolstra, like the adjustment they made to the zone, like made some excellent adjustments there. That even this year, you know, getting Joker. Off of Kabon Looney, he did a similar thing getting him off of uh Jonas Valentunas last year, putting him a Herb Jones. They did a similar strategy again this year, you know, put him on a wing, messes up the rotations, and messes up their the scheme they're trying to run offensively. Uh, and this year he has Jamal Murray's missing dates. Now he got Reggie Jackson in the lineup, having the best net rating in the NBA with Nikola Jokic, Christian Brown, Peyton Watson, Zeke Naji, just a fourth, second, and second, and a rookie. And Julian Strother, that are getting minutes off the bench and they're playing for the best team in the nba and also out executing everybody down the stretch so for me it's like they have a top seven defense they have a top three offense and now they're one of the best teams on both sides of the court and they're out executing everybody and every time you come into a game plan you hear lakers fans talk about malone they say they like malone because he's way more engaged than their coach or you hear other fan base talk about malone he gets riled up about his about his players he sticks up for his players he continues to coach them hard. He doesn't let anybody slip. Michael Porter Jr. from 2018, where he was out, to 2019, his rookie year, all the way to now, everybody's noted what he's done with him. And then Peyton Watson, you were there early this season. I'm not just going to give him minutes. You know, I'm going to make him earn those minutes. I'm going to give them to him. But he can have to make sure he keeps those minutes. I just don't understand, for me, what else somebody would have to do besides going 16 and 4 off a championship run, having the best record in the league. And then also being the best team in the West again and then being as dominant as they are and even having a, a plus bench unit so far to start the year. For me, I just don't understand. I, but this is what's going to happen, Ryan. If the Philadelphia 76 ended end up with a top two seed, it's going to be Nick Nurse. Because Nick Nurse came in one year, Tyreek matching to 25-5-5 five five player, and now they're a top two seed even without James Harden. And they got these role players back for him. So I already see how the narrative's kind of shifting.
0: Oh, yeah, there's there's no doubt. I, I left this comment up here because I, I liked it from Grace. Uh, Coach of the oh, Year is yeah, yeah. a- always about exceeding expectations, and I- I'm not sure that Dagnalt is going to be able to get there, but Ime is a good one. Chris Finch yeah. is a good one just because of, yeah. like, a lot of people are concerned about the fit in Minnesota, and if they're able to work through that, then th- there's reasons to believe that they could really push forward. But I do agree with you. Parsing credit in the NBA is always very difficult to – figure out it's always very difficult to understand for a lot of people that don't like really get to see behind the curtain. So I know that most voters do get to see behind the curtain. They do get to kind of understand these situations, but a lot of them go by public narratives anyway. And a lot of that is public group think. And I think the public narrative about the nuggets in general is just that Nikola Jokic does everything for the team, which he does. And a lot of guys there, there's not well, a lot of room right, for a lot of guys yeah. to get the individual credit in that sort of a setup,
1: but that's not that's not even how basketball works. Because Phil Jackson got credit for Michael Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen got credit for what he did. Going after that, Shaq and Kobe and Phil Jackson again. There's plenty of credit going around for those players. Pop got credit with Tim Duncan. Even uh, um, uh, D'Antoni got credit for Steve Nash and the revolutionizing the Suns' offense. And then you go from there. Uh, you obviously had the Maver- the Mavericks iteration that was the, the Nelson led team and all that. And then after that, Eric Solster got credit for LeBron James. Oh, oh, Eric Sposter. Look how he's making Dwayne Wayne, LeBron James, and Chris Bosch, and you know, Mario Chalmers and all these players and put aside their egos and all the other stuff. So this is what I'm trying to understand, bro. I think, and I didn't even know we were gonna start off on this, but this is kind of how I feel it right now. Okay. I just I didn't even I just don't understand how you can say because this is the thing, Ryan. They can't have it both ways. It can't be, oh, it's all Joker. But then when it comes to like certifying that Joker's one of the, you know, in their in their peak, five, six, seven most important best players of all time at a peak. Like, unless you're willing to concede that he's just clearly like in a Bill Russell, you know, uh Kareem Magic bronze tier, Jordan tier or something like that, then if he's not, then obviously you have to then attribute to the fact that Coach is putting him in the right position. You're a Golden State Warriors fan. They complain about Steve Kerr all the time. They they believe some of them that if if you know, if Chef Curry had the same role as Joker and got the same level of touches and involvement in the offense, that he would do the exact same thing, which we know is not true. But they believe that. But they say that Michael Malone situates Joker to be great like this. But even Gilbert Arenas, they asked Gilbert Arenas on this show, like, you know, who gets more credit? Is it Joker or is it the system? And they're like, well, obviously the system amplified with Joker is. Well, who built the system? Not, it wasn't Joker. Joker didn't build that. It was Malone. Um, this is no. This is not taking credit again away from anyone. This is how it works. If, for instance, Brian, you and I are in a relationship, me and you are really good friends. We're becoming best of friends. Someone might say. So mm-hmm. this this is what I'm trying to. This is what I'm trying to understand, is weekends with Swiper, mile high sport. Is it just you, or is it just me? It can't. It can't be that. It's like we're both carrying it together. It doesn't work unless we're doing this well together. So I just don't buy into this idea that because one person does a function of a job differently than another that the other person doesn't get credit. That's crazy to me. Like, no matter what happens, Ryan, no matter where I go from here, they're going to ask me, swipe who was one of the first persons that showed you love and gave you a spot? It was Ryan Blackburn. That's how it worked. (laughs) I'm always going to say that. I wouldn't have been here without people like Ryan. So that's what I'm saying. I I just don't get it. I I just don't understand it. It's
0: completely fair, and it's an understandable narrative where – I know a lot of folks are confused about how some of these things go down and, and more of, it's not necessarily how like, cause Malone should be getting this credit. It's just about who deserves the most credit in any given year. It's one of the reasons why Eric Spolstra has never won coach of the year, despite the the fact that
1: yeah. he is
0: considered a, like pretty much universally the best coach in the NBA. All time. But yeah. So,
1: I'm like, was he, he, uh, he made the NBA 75, the point of the 15 coaches. Or mm-hmm. one of the 15 coaches, uh, the 15 greatest coach of all time. So, you know, not get,
0: Not having a coach of the year is, is pretty tough. And, and like, when guys like Tom Thibodeau, because he's in a big market, because it's right. very glamorous, like, it is it is a – it's a award that is awarded very dumbly, in my opinion. Bro, I, I do agree with it. that.
1: They wanted to give Rob Palenka this summer, uh, Executive of the Year because of the Gay Vincent, Torian friends, Jackson Hayes, uh, Rui Hashimura signing, uh, Austin Reeves signing. Who else did they pick up? Uh, Torian Prince. Uh, Cam Game Reddish. Person. Cam Reddish has actually Cam been Reddish. decent for them. Yeah. Yeah, as a defender, shooting is awful. Yeah. But, I'm, but I'm saying, like, they wanted to give him an executive year off those moves. But they're still getting smoked. Like, Calvin Calvin Booth put this whole team together, invested in all these players, all these young players. He's not going to get any love for that. You know what it's going to come back down to? Well, Joker just amplifies everybody, makes everybody look great. Well, Luca does, too. Why isn't Jason Kidd in no conversation? Why? I mean, that's what I'm saying, but we, but that's what I'm saying, bro. It doesn't make sense to me. Because either Jamal Murray is an all-NBA-level player, or you're telling me Joker's one of the three best players of all time. It's got to be one or the other. It can't, be, it can't be it.
0: Well, that seems like a pretty good transition to this segment, uh, where, where we were going to start this, but I, I do kind of think that this kind of flows into this really nicely. Uh, right. There are right. levels to this, man. There are levels to what somebody like Nikola Jokic is doing, how he has really continued to elevate his game. He never has a bad one. His bad games are still 35, 13, and five. Like, mm-hmm. his, uh, his, like when I was talking to, uh, on the alley up with Ryan Blackburn, uh, I talked to Memphis Grizzlies correspondent, uh, Joe Mullinax, who does uh, Locked On Grizzlies. And, and he was talking about how, man, they limited Nikola. They made his life hell. And he right. still had 21, 12, and eight and made some game-winning buckets at the end. Like It just is there. There are levels to this. And if that is the worst game that we get from Nicole Jokic, or maybe it's the 35, 13 and five game that he had against Golden State, where he missed several free throws and turned a ball over late and still had 35, 13 and five. Uh, there are levels to this, man. And I do understand wanting to give everybody credit because everybody does deserve credit for this. I have been trying sure. to push that basically all of last year where Everybody deserves a piece of the pie here. It is mm-hmm. not just Nikola Jokic. And yet he is the only one with any sort of accolades. And, and I think that there is a reason behind that for a lot of people is he does everything. His hands are all over the Nugget system, and they continue to be, and like, it, it is why he is going to go down in the Pantheon.
1: Yeah, I mean, he will. I mean, everybody else is going to be slow to it. So, I mean, I agree with you. I think that, you know, right now, Brian, joker's averaging 29.1 12.98 on 68 percent true shooting this year all right like all right you know come on like, pretty good <laughs> come on bro like that's that's insane like the the fact that he's doing that uh and then just i this, this is the thing for me bro i think joker has reached this point man where he is like bro this is how good the nuggets are right now right so i, I listen to a bunch of podcasts uh, some of the Lockdown Network stuff and other uh, Warriors, uh, you know, content creators. And they were like, without Jamal Murray and obviously Draymond and GP2 weren't there. But they were like, well, this is a good test game. You know, the, the Warriors get to size themselves up against a team to see how good they actually are. And I just thought that was hilarious. Because, Ryan, you remember 2018-19 when the Nuggets played Kevin Durant playing and They came in town and dropped 51 in the first quarter. That, it
0: was It was that's... an absolute evisceration. It was right. levels to this for sure.
1: <laughs> right. But that's how good Joker is that he's on the court with, again, I think a very good roster. I think the best in the league all around, if you want to put that out there. But Reggie Jackson starting a point guard in all offseason, people were down on Reggie. and saying that Reggie couldn't get that job done. All of a sudden, Reggie's getting 20 points in a game, six assists. Like, he's able to actually replicate Jamal Murray to a degree out there. Here's my thing, bro, is that, like, he's so freaking good that the Pelican broadcast this week, and I noted this on Locked On and on my channel, I said, they were just talking about Joker the the same way people were talking about LeBron in like that 2018 era, like where it was just like, there's nothing you can do about it. He's going to get his. He's going to dominate you. But you have to try to limit his dominance. And I think right now, bro, we're watching a dude at 28 years old who solved a game. And against the Warriors, he wanted to prove a point to himself. He wasn't hitting three-pointers, and he was literally annoyed that he wasn't hitting three-pointers. And he, at that point, he stopped caring about everything else. And he was like, I'm going to hit a three-pointer. And I'm going to hit a couple of three-pointers today. He shot eight three-pointers just because he could. And because he's so great, Ryan, this is how you know how good he is. Right. And, Alexander, that's, that's great. Yeah, let's not forget when the Jokers' best regular season game with the 13-13 and 13 game versus the Grizz last year. The numbers really don't pop up, but he dominated the game. And, Ryan, that's when they took over first place in the West. And without Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. for that game, they started the all-defense lineup around him. 105-91
0: unbelievable game and and that was the game that he put the ball between his legs like right that's it's it's hilarious how those things kind of line up and how those things work where he's just on a swivel and like that game he was as in control of everything as i've ever seen and he had 13 points
1: yeah yeah man so i'll tell you this to say bro like and you let me know ryan what you're thinking with this because I think there's a separation between him and everybody else. I think even now, as good as Embiid's playing and Giannis just had a 54 point game, Steph's playing really well, Luca, there's just not a conversation. There's just not like he was on the court with Steph. Steph didn't even look like there didn't even like he was in a conversation with Joker. Like, and he was getting hounded defensively, but so was Joker. But Joker still went out there and gave you 35, 13, and five on 14 to 25. Like, he just had one of eight. He was 13 to 17 from two in that game, Ryan. They no. were,
0: I mean, there were plus with Joker on the floor, basically minus ten with Steph on the floor. Like right. that's that is, I think, where you are feeling that level of impact for when when you have two titans of the game kind of right. jumping in and uh, playing against each other, two distinctly different styles, two distinctly different players, but two singularly impactful players. It just didn't matter what Steph right. did in that one, and it might matter next time. It might matter when they go to Golden State and and Steph dominates in in that particular building, but. For at least these first nine, ten games, like the early part of the season, Joker has been the best guy on the floor pretty much every single time he's gone out there. Uh, I think, and even we'll against see the in a conversation, yeah, I mean, I, I think Embiid has he has made some steps on both ends of the floor, but he also is being spoon fed in a lot of situations. Uh, I, I've really loved what Embiid's done defensively, for what it's worth. Um, but like. Steph would be the only other guy because Giannis isn't there, even though they had the 54-point game. like There were yeah, some really bad things over the course of the first 10 that uh, it, it absolutely
1: well, but here's the needs thing to be Embiid. discussed. Embiid yeah. has 5.5 assists for game this year. It's getting much better. It's dropped a little bit. But, you know, Embiid, the two teams they play that were really elite teams, he had a, another two, two games versus the Celtics and the Bucks were a negative assist to turtle ratio, again. But this is the same thing. Embiid is feasting as a playmaker against these bad teams, Wizards or Detroit or whatever else. But you even heard uh, Monty Williams. Did you, did you see what Monty had to say about uh, the game and Embiid and 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 all that?
0: I didn't see it, but I, okay. I can assume where you're going here.
1: Well, he basically was just saying, like, there's just nothing we can do because he just doesn't feel like that's a part of the game. And my whole thing with Embiid is, like, yo, get to, the, get to when it matters and you do it there and you play a play style that functions at a high level, then we can have a different conversation. But I'm just not moved by that. Giannis, we know Giannis is gonna like pick it up. But his post game is trash, bro. Like, you know, I put the numbers up the other day. I was just trying to see where he was after working with Akeem, bro. 0.5 by point five five points per possession as a post-up player. Just like it's asinine. It's asinine. Mm-hmm. Like it's just not even, it's not even a conversation. But then you got Jason Tatum. I think it's really freaking good. I think that Kevin Durant's been great this year to start the year off, and he's had to be the carry that roster. LeBron's had some really strong moments. Luca. Just absolutely sunned the Clippers the other night. So there are a host of players, bro, but there is just nobody, nobody that has the control, that has the the pace and the flow, and that dominates the game however they choose to. Like Joker, can bro? Joker shooting seventy one percent from within the three point line. He's yeah, shooting, I mean, sixty percent from mid range. <laughs>
0: It's crazy. It's there. There are crazy numbers that you can always throw out there with them, um, and we've seen it in the head-to-head matchups as well. Like when when sure. Luca comes to town, and you 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 see this build as the Luca versus Jokic matchup. Luca couldn't get anything to go against Michael Porter Jr. Like that's yeah. I, I understand that that Porter has made his regressions, but like that is a like to me there are matchups that still give a lot of these guys problems. And we'll have to circle back to that Timberwolves matchup with Joker and, and see how Denver can handle right. that. That's the one that I think you can really point to so far this year. But like other than that, it is crazy in general. That uh, like it's it's just going to be it's just going to be very interesting. Shea was another one. Uh, basically every every single matchup, Joker's won from a star perspective, and I'm curious to see the first one that he actually loses like I, I don't know when it's going to come but it'll, it'll come at some point but I'm curious to see when I he mean, doesn't look the, like the best player on the depending, floor
1: depending depending how the Nuggets come out versus Houston it could end up being Alper. you know going to come out swinging on Sunday oh yeah
0: oh yeah he's going to be fun uh we'll it's talk good. about that in the third segment but hey tell you what let's take a break when we come back we're going to give some love to Reggie Jackson who absolutely yeah. deserves it and talk about the Nuggets bench which Reggie vacated of course uh being in the starting unit with Nikola Jokic. But first, everybody this podcast, as you know, it's brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook Sports. Did you know that you could win a trip to the biggest football game of the year, courtesy of Superbook? They will fly you and a friend to Las Vegas for February's championship game, and they will also give you two tickets to that game, plus a three-night hotel stay. All you have to do is place a parlay uh, between now and January 7th, and you're automatically entered to win. It is a $25 same-game parlay. So wager and win a super trip to Las Vegas, courtesy of Superbook Sports. Visit superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLING. We'll be right back on Weekends with SwipeUp. action roll ryan blackburn here thank you so much everybody for tuning in appreciate all the love and support on the podcast as always please rate review and subscribe to the show if you're listening on the audio side if you're on the video side here or if you're listening live hit that like button hit that subscribe button it absolutely helps uh to share out the show and and tell people that you're enjoying the content so thank you so much for tuning in all right cam or swipe oh my god (laughs) let's uh let's chat about oh my god (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Let's chat about Reggie Jackson. Let's chat about the best season that we have seen in a while from Reggie. Um, I'm pretty impressed with what we've done, with what he's seen. I think that there is one season that you could point to, and it is the 2021 LA Clippers season. That's the only one that I can speak to. Uh, you're muted, by the way, Cam. Uh <laughs>
1: Uh, the twenty twenty one season uh, mm-hmm. that he had the twenty eight and twelve game versus Joker in them too. He was yeah he was really good that year.
0: And tremendous and and he's a he is a absolute beast in that year and but he had had a couple of down seasons. He had a couple of down years and I think a lot of people kind of left him out to dry, especially when he came over to Denver and it didn't initially work. Things were not going very well doesn't make the playoff rotation and the nuggets kind of say, all right, we're going to wait until the summer. We're going to wait until you get into the building. And I think that Reggie's had a great year, a great start to the season. There are some shots that he kind of has to take in order to bail out the second unit. So his efficiency is not going to look as great as a usually as it, as it could when he's just playing with Joker, but when he's with Jokic and when he's sharing the court with uh with all the starters and everybody, he looks great. And the Nuggets plus minus is great too.
1: Yeah, so the two man game of Reddy Jackson and Nikola Jokic has been really freaking good. 122 uh, O rating uh, in 123 minutes and an 88.6 D rating in 123 minutes, which gives them a net rating of plus 33.5. So Baku's never been that way with Joker. So that should be a sign of good things to come. Um, now on the season, you know, what I was surprised about his true shooting is low. It's like a 51.8. But if you look into the numbers, the reason why it's so low is because he's shooting 43% from the field, but he's shooting 55 and a half percent from the free throw line. So I actually don't think his shooting numbers are indicative of how he's been playing. His pace control has been good. Hasn't been super noticeable defensively when he's getting hunted out there at all. The pick and roll game has been good. He's slashing. He's cutting a little bit. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he had – I'll tell you, I got, like, three clips already uh, in the bank for Twitter. He had, like, some nice little hang, hings getting to the <laughs> rim or hang, 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 pass out kind of moves. I was like, ooh, Reggie Jackson. He looks good, man. I'm really happy for him. Um, um, again, this is just Calvin Boots just knowing what the roster needs. Like, look, we just need somebody that is a bit bigger, but can manage these minutes, can play hard, smart, veteran player. Demand those minutes in case we need, you know, something. somebody for Jamal Murray and somebody to help, you know, Jalen Pickett and Colin elefsey come along and stuff as well. So he's been great, man. I mean, honestly, no complaints about Reggie.
0: No complaints about Reggie at all. I mean, there there are some times where, like there there was a play a couple of games ago at the end of the third quarter where he and DeAndre Jordan are trying to figure out, okay, when are we going to run this pick and roll? Like the clock's running down and then they just like never get into offense. And, there are sure. some brain farts here or there. There are some like, I, I call them space cadet moments where it, it's sometimes like just whatever it was just didn't process and something bad happens and it's a bad play. And there have been very few of those. I, I'm, I'm not going to lie. Reggie has been very dialed in. He's been very locked in for what the Nuggets have needed. And just, uh, just a couple of numbers here to add to what I'm saying. 3.4 assist to turnover ratio is tremendous. It is really, really good. That's, I mean, that's what you want from a starting point guard. And even some of the best starting point guards don't have that number. And he's kept his turnovers down. That's what you want when your offense is so good, because the only thing that's really going to prevent you from scoring, especially when Denver gets offensive rebounds and things like that, is if you don't get a shot up. So not turning the ball over, it's really good. And then 36.1% from three, a very good number as well. He sometimes have to has to take these bailout threes. So I think if you sorted by When in the shot clock, he's taking a lot of these shots. If you just cut out the ones that are inside four seconds on the shot clock, probably doing okay. Uh, And Mm -hmm. then 12th in the NBA, in the entire NBA, he's tied for 12th in total plus minus with some pretty impressive names. Uh, The only name, are he's tied with OG Ananobi, which is, is pretty good as well. Derek White's at plus 75. Reggie's at plus 72. Joel Embiid, plus 71. Um, it is really, really impressive to see how he has handled that, what he is doing, and I just I continue to be impressed. The the numbers don't lie, man. He has played some great minutes with Nikola Jokic, and he's even propping up the bench unit as well.
1: Yeah, I'm excited for him, man. I think that it's going to be a really interesting season for him. Um, you know, we'll find out, bro. Again, Reggie, just another dude that's kind of rebuilding his value around the league. Everybody was like Bruce, Bruce Brown plays to four, can't really trust him to play guard. Now you see Bruce Brown next to Tyree Halliburton, they're apparently the greatest offense of all time uh, with him and healed and Miles Turner and the rest of them. So I'm really happy for Reggie, you know, hope he continues to play at a high level and, you know, historically he's played a lot of games too. So, you know, he's a nice reliable player to have on your roster. Again, he's a borderline starting level player, really a preferable bench option off the, you know, in terms of like his, his actual player value, but you know what? Like on this roster, next to KCP, MPJ, Aaron Gordon, and Christian Brown and Peyton Watson and you know Julian Strauther, he fits perfectly.
0: He certainly does, and it's it's always going to be a fun thing to track. I'm I'm curious to see how the Nuggets continue to handle it. Um, but let's now move, I think, to the rest of the bench unit. A, a unit that's a there, there's there's a lot of youth there. There's a lot of, I think, expectations there. I would call it a work in progress because it is still a young group and, and we're not ultimately sure who is going to be in that playoff rotation at the end of the day, whether it's just going to be overlapping starters or whether any of the young guys are really going to pencil themselves in as permanent additions. I think a lot of people expect a Christian Brown to be there, but he's probably the one guy that I'm looking at right now is not necessarily the the progressions that I wanted to see from him. Uh, just in general, what, what are some of your takeaways from whether it's Christian Brown or Peyton Watson or Zeke Naji or Julian Strother or uh, even Colin Gillespie, uh, some takeaways from the bench unit as we, as we see it so far?
1: Uh, he can't shoot. Uh, it's pretty simple. Christian Brown ain't shooting well, ain't making his free throws, and, you know, but I think some of the coming back from the injury is in fact that he hasn't played. Uh, he hasn't played, you know, really the entire preseason, and now he's trying to get back into the swing of things. So. Not the most confident I've ever seen him, but I think he will continue to get better. But again, for what he's asked to do is fine. Like I'm, you know, he's he had 82 games to figure that stuff out and to get better and to get more consistent offensively to get the rhythm in the shots. And he will get there at some point in time. But I'm going to say on the other end of this, like defensively, he's been really freaking good. And on top of having him next to Peyton Watson has been a dynamite pairing, dynamite pairing defensively. So, they don't have any offense with the unit unless Julian Strother is going off. So definitely, definitely, you want him to get the shooting and stuff up. But for what his role is, like, I'm actually fine with it. You know,
0: yeah, I guess more of what I'm hoping for out of him, and more of what I think, if people are hoping for his career to kind of go in yeah. a a progressive direction, where you could see him starting at the end of the day, you could see him absolutely making plays, and I would be at least a little bit curious as to what people are thinking Christian Brown's ultimate role could be, because I, I'm not seeing a starter with the skill set that he's currently at. Like 25% from three is one thing. He'll he'll get that up. I, I believe that he will start shooting a little bit better. Uh, the but the 68% shooting from the free throw line, given how he gets there pretty consistently, that number has to get up above 75 at least. Um uh, and it's the driving into nowhere that I have been really concerned by uh when He's being asked to kind of create at uh, a a reasonable benchmark. And he is only in his second year. I know I have to exercise some patience here, but the actual vision, especially when a guy like Reggie isn't out there or or Jamal isn't out there, he's got to take on a larger responsibility. He's got to be better. He's got to be smarter. He's got to be more successful. And to this point, it just hasn't really manifested, but that's something that, hey, after these first nine games or so, maybe that's something that they refocus on and he looks better in.
1: Yeah, I mean, he'll figure it out. But like I said, bro, I th- when I watch these two play, Peyton Watson got more upside than Christian Brown does. And he has even further to go on some things. But uh, I th- that Christian Brown, it took Caruso a while. Like I know people like always hear me say, you know, just out of Caruso with great hair and all that stuff. I mean, he is. But... Yeah, I mean, it took Caruso a minute. Remember, he was struggling to come off the bench with the Lakers for a while, and then when he did get to the point where they needed to pay him, they didn't pay him for a reason. They didn't think he was going to progress into what he is now, like the one of the best POA defenders of the modern era in basketball, basically. Yeah. You know, so that's what I'm saying. Like, it's just when players are that athletic, and that's and they don't they're looking for skill development. Sometimes they just take a good bit of time, and so this is only the beginning of his second year. You know, it's probably going to be over the next two years, a little up and down and all that. But by the time he gets to his fourth year, Christian Brown can be a completely different player. That's because that's just how basketball works, you know, like, and that's how you get when you get older, you know? So like I said, I think it's more so you definitely want him to continue to get better, but guess what? Christian Brown at this level, the Nuggets still win a championship. They can still win a championship with him playing this way because of how good defensively he is.
0: I think that's a completely fair assessment. There's, there's no doubt about that. And, uh, just given all the the optionality that the Nuggets have, whether it's Peyton Watson or Julian Strother or e- even a guy like Zeke Nagy, they they have different versions of the players that they oh. will need in the playoffs. It's just more about, uh, I think Christian was a guy that a lot of people assumed would kind of step into that Bruce Brown role from not just a minute standpoint, but from an effectiveness standpoint. And it's just, it's going to be a little bit slower. And, and I think people probably need to pump the brakes, re- recalibrate their expectations a little bit. And hope that he can uh, can figure that out over the course of these next uh, next couple of months or so. Um,
1: I mean, he's who in else? Your seventh man. He's averaging seven point seven, four point eight, two point four. If his true shooting went up to a fifty-eight, fifty-nine, which is like just above league average, then you know I think he would be, you know, be great. That'd be yeah. that'd be great for your seventh man. You know, yeah.
0: No, I I, I firmly agree. Firmly agree. Right. Um, who else do you want to talk about off the bench right now?
1: Yeah, I mean. I think Peyton, Julian, and Christian, man, all three of them. Peyton's defense, I don't know if you got a chance to see that article that I posted on my uh, my Twitter about his defense, but, you know, people are buying into it. Like, his block rate is ass nine. His steal rate is ass nine. He's, he's already become one of the best off-ball playmaking wings in the NBA. Um, offensively, you know, he definitely is searching his game out and stuff still and, you know, having to figure some things out. But, bro, like, when he's on the court with the Nuggets, man, their defense is dominant. And guess what? He he has a 61.8 true shooting, low volume, low volume, but you know he's shooting 50% from uh, from the free throw line, but 57% from the field, 31% from three, because he's taking mostly two pointers, and he's a finisher. Transition cuts slash. Once he gets that corner three point pocket stuff in in his bank, and yeah, man, like he's just is... everything with Payton is, is is like. It's like the uh, it's like the icing on the cake, like it's yeah. just the additive. Like you have the starters, Reggie, Christian, and then here's here's Peyton watching this thick layer of chocolate icing on this yellow cake <laughs> that makes this thing a masterpiece. And now you know when you he comes on the floor, it's like, man, you we have we have Spider Man on the court. Like how do we get around him? Type thing. And he, his mechanics aren't even like super solid yet. Like he still gets beat every so often, but because he's so athletic. And smart, he catches up to you super well. And then again, as an off-ball help defender, bro, if he's anywhere in your vicinity, he can erase the shot. And they, he he single-handedly looked better versus SGA than any guard did last season with the Nuggets played SGA in the Ilkoma City Thunder. By himself. Yeah. It's all there. I mean,
0: I, I'm with you. I, I'm with you. And I think the one, if I'm if I'm looking for something over the course of these next five to 10 games or so, especially without Jamal Murray out there. I want to see yeah. Michael Porter Jr. and Peyton Watson play together. I want to see Michael Porter Jr. kind of playing that Julian Strother role where the bench is basically, it is very focused about, hey, we're going to switch, we're going to guard, we're going to do all these things. But I want to see the I want to see Reggie Stagger. I want to see Reggie, mm. Christian, Peyton, Michael Porter, and Zeke Naji on the floor. Like those five specifically. Uh, because you could still play that switchy style you can still have a lot of space to get up and down the floor. And if you're running in transition, then you're going to create some points for sure. Uh, But a guy like Peyton Watson will be able to shine in a lineup like that. And I I think that the Nuggets can continue to do a better job of staggering starters to make sure that the bench continues to look good and putting guys like Peyton Watson in situations to succeed.
1: (laughs) Out goes Casey. No actually what I would love to see. Because mm. you know what's funny? The person I think needs to be next to Joker, I think MPJ is probably the guy you would you want next to Joker, but there's KCP. KCP the guy next to Joker that, like, I don't know if you've seen the numbers for them, but when they're on the court together, you're basically not beating the Nuggets. Right now, KCP and Joker played the most minutes of any two-man pairing in 290 minutes, a 123 o rating and a 104 defensive rating. Like, <laughs> KCP's dynamite. But I'll say... I would love to see them put Christian Brown and Peyton Watson in at the same time. And then, you know, if you want to have, you can keep Jamal in there if you want, but I would like to see both of them just learning the scheme, finding the open looks at the basket or in the three-point line. That way they can get their confidence up, you know, over the course of this year and they can just learn like what it means to play like high level, like movement style ball, uh, where you have to come up a cut. and even work on some of your ball handling stuff. Because Peyton actually, who do you trust more as a, as a ball handler right now? Do you trust Peyton or do you trust Christian Brown a little bit
0: more? I don't really trust Peyton because I think that there is still a wildness to mm-hmm. like where he goes. Christian yeah. goes wildly into the same spot. Like you know where he's going to go at least, right. and I think he you, he can see the floor a little bit better. Right now, Peyton is still trying to figure that out, but uh, look, I I think that they both have their benefits and detriments when trying to create. Uh, I I like seeing a six foot eight super athlete and Peyton Watson try to figure it out in real time. Like there are ways that he can make it work. I would also like to see him continue to back cut and continue to space the floor vertically off of Nikola Jokic. Like there's a lot of different Mm -hmm. things that they can do. And I hope that they worked on today at practice. Uh, But Look, I, I do still have belief in all of these guys off the bench. This is more me nitpicking and say, hey, here's the trends that I've noticed over the for- the course of these first nine games. And with Christian, I want to see him step up a little bit more. With Peyton, like the free throw shooting's got to be better and the decision-making sometimes has to be better. But uh, overall, you can't really complain about the defense. That dude has been dynamite defensively.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so again, some of this stuff is they'll figure it out as they go, bro. But golly, man, like – uh, Again, yeah, if this is the if this is the floor, they have a lot of stuff to work with.
0: Hundred percent. Let's take another break. When we come back, we are going to chat about uh, Nuggets practice today, and then a, a mini preview of Houston. Uh, but first, let's talk about Good Morning Broncos.
1: Hey, everyone. This is Cody York, Denver Broncos beat reporter for Mile High Sports. I want to tell you, make sure every single weekday at nine o'clock a.m. Monday through Friday on Mile High Sports YouTube page, you catch. Good morning, Broncos, your daily bite-sized Broncos conversation that you can have with a cup of coffee as we prepare you for all things that are going on with the Denver Broncos in season, out of season, all the storylines, all the drama. Subscribe on the Mile High Sports YouTube page.
0: Shout out to my guy, Cody Work for uh, all the great work that he does for Good Morning Broncos, covering a Broncos team that is interesting and, and should be uh, coming out for of the bye week this week, so it should have a lot of fun there. Um, all right, final segment here. Swiper, let us chat about practice today. I'm going to push us to the side here real quickly and add in some uh, things that I got from practice today, Some some video that I got from practice today, some questions. Uh, let's start with David Adaman talking about the break that the Nuggets got from practice. He he was there in place of Michael Malone. Michael Malone actually had to uh, go. He he wanted to go see his his daughter play uh, high school volleyball, I and mean, they they ultimately lost today, but had a, had a good time. Coach did. So uh, let's let's hear from David Adaman. Important thing when you have a stretch of three days off, where it, it's very rare throughout the NBA calendar to actually get that. What, what's, what are kind of the steps to kind of get back up and running again?
1: Um, for us, it's probably different.
0: You know, for a young team that's trying to find our way in the NBA, you probably practice a lot more than we did. I think we needed rest. You know, our main five guys, outside Jamal with the injury, um, have played a ton of minutes. Uh, so it was nice to take a couple days of be on the court, but you know, no contact, uh, keep it light. And then today we got up and down as much as we could with respect to an early game tomorrow on a Sunday. So um, I think it's going to refuel our guys. I think it can lead to some
1: sloppy play when you come back and play a regular season game. Um, but I think the guys handled it the right
0: So that was uh, David Adaman, of course. He is tremendous. He's a, a fantastic assistant coach for the Nuggets, and he's going to get a head coaching job soon. Uh, for for posterity's sake, I asked about that question to all three guys that, that spoke today, whether it was David Adaman, Justin Holiday, KCP, they all talked about how tired the team was. Just how yeah. how physically beat and worn down the team was, and that this break kind of came at the right time. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you get off to an eight and one start and you're playing in such a condensed schedule, that is going to happen. So uh swiper kind of just takeaways from these last three days, kind of being able to refocus and recenter, and the Nuggets finally getting back on the court today.
1: Yeah, no problem. Listen to this. Listen up. Um, this is their schedule. They have these three days off. They play Sunday. Mm-hmm. They play against Tuesday, mm-hmm. which is one day off. They then have two days off, 15th and 16th. And then here are the dates for the next several games. The 17th, 19th, 20th, 22nd, 24th, 26th, 27th, 29th for the rest of the month. That is insane they basically go from the 17th through the 29th where they have one day one day over the course of that run where they have no actually none of them they don't have more than two days off any of these games you're just going to be straight like two three games and two nights like man yeah. this is this this is uh yeah this is just a trunk of the schedule man they played seven games in 11 days to start the year off and now they're, they're stretching out this behemoth of a run. So, yeah, I mean, I think KCP talked about this a little bit. Obviously, David Adelman talked about this. They need uh, that rest point. So, so hopefully this this helps them and uh, they can get some rest from this bro. because it's about to be a daunting schedule for the next few weeks.
0: Daunting schedule for sure. There's been a lot of talk. Um, but, like, I, I am very impressed with the way that they've handled it. And uh, Justin Holiday specifically mentioned how indifferent – Times he has uh, not like the teams that he's been a part of. They haven't handled the rest periods as well. He specifically Mm -hmm. likes the way that the the Nuggets have handled this rest period. They had Thursday off. They had Friday off. Uh, Basically, they came in for a a small walkthrough, basically, and and getting treatment and things like that. But for the most part, everybody was just told, hey, get away from basketball. And uh, Justin certainly did. And it's, it's nice to, I think, recenter, refocus. And just from a personal standpoint, I'd been going like pretty hard for the last three weeks or so. So it was very nice uh, to, get, to get a couple of days off for sure. Uh, but they will be progressing. They did some uh, scrimmaging today. They did a lot of discussions about the Houston Rockets and game planning for them specifically, yeah. which you don't often get that kind of a period of time to game plan for a specific team. Mm-hmm. Uh, I asked uh, KCP, about Alper and Shangun, and he had some interesting things to say. Take a listen. A lot of comparisons between a guy like Nicole Jokic and Alper and Shangun, just a, a very younger version <coughs> in, a, in a lot of ways. Just how important is it for an offense to be able to run stuff through their big man? It's, it's not very common.
1: Uh, it's not, uh, but when you got a guy like, you know, Jokic and Shangun, uh, that can score the ball down there and. Uh, Shoot the ball from, uh, from the three, from the midi uh, can pass. Like, it's hard not to run a play through them. Uh, and, and they seem to make it work every time they get the ball in their hands. So, like uh, as a GM and as a coach, I, I would do the same.
0: Interesting stuff from KCP. He likes Shengood, and, and I think that they have they have definitely seen some of those benefits. Uh, Houston has from running more offense through him. Just to point out Sangoon's numbers here, unless you've already got them pulled up, I, I wouldn't be surprised no, go if you did. Uh, Sangoon has been tremendous so far this year. He's averaging yeah. 19 points, eight rebounds, six assists on nearly 62% from the field, only mm-hmm. 28% from three and 57 from the line, but those numbers will probably normalize. He's at a 25 PER, which isn't everything, but he has been super involved and their defense has been really good when he's been on the floor and i'm i was kind of surprised by that i was kind of surprised because he had been a defensive weakness for multiple years and kind of in that demonte sabonis mold you're not really sure whether you can defend with a guy like that they have been defending with shangun and he has been i think a better like he he is more baby jokic than sabonis is, in my opinion just with the ways that he can impact the game i know you disagree about that but i i think i was wrong initially about the uh, about upper shangun
1: well first off uh, I'm the one that told you to put them on your top hundred list, and you left them off. So obviously, it, it was a feeling. massive
0: mistake. I if if it is probably the single biggest regret of the top 100, I should have switched him and Jalen Green.
1: Yeah, yeah, Jalen. Obviously, I don't think any business being on there, but you know, he's playing better as well as of late. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, here's the two man pairing of Alperen and Dylan Brooks this year. A 122.4 offensive rating, 97.7 defensive rating, a plus 24.7 net rating. Between the two, when they're on the court together, there's, the Rockets are shooting a 65% true shooting, and they have a 66.7 assist percentage. And Dylan Brooks is also going bonkers. A 71 true shooting on the year as a score. 14 points a game. So, Dylan Brooks has been everything and anything that they could have asked for from a wing defender and from even from a tertiary offensive player. Um, that's a Third option or fourth option, depending on how you view his role, man. And uh, defensively, leaning into what they are, Jabari, Tori, Eason, Amen, not even fully in the rotation yet. I mean, they got a lot of guys. Cam Whitmore, not good yet, but, you know, hopefully he figures it out as time goes on too, man. Like, in you know, a Jalen Green buying into an identity, Fred Van Fleet. They just got a lot of guys. And uh, the West is shaping out more way different than I predicted in some way. The Lakers are much worse. Uh, the Clippers are were doing great, and then they got hard. Now they're terrible. Uh, the Pelicans are the Pelicans. The Mavericks are starting off really well. I don't suspect they're going to maintain this throughout the year. Um, Memphis lost Ja. You know, J.J. Day is getting thrown out of the game for complaining about getting absolutely hacked, which he was rightly upset about. Um, and then, you know, there are some other teams that are just, you know, kind of floating and doing whatever. Then you got the Suns that are struggling. Booker ain't played yet with KD and Bill. Uh, the Warriors are doing better. So, yeah, man, I think that the Rockets are in prime position to be in a playing spot and, you know, we'll see how it ends up going. Maybe they make the playoff. Maybe they're the surprise team of the NBA season.
0: So I, I had done a, on the alley with Ryan Blackburn, I had done a video with the Houston Rockets and Jackson Gatlin, who like that, that video actually popped, by the way, that one was was pretty like surprising how how well that one mm-hmm. did, but uh Jackson does a great job and he was floating Alper and Shangoon as a star. And he said he'd probably take him over Sabonis right now. And I know he's biased and I know that there are reasons to probably like push back against that. But I I didn't want to in the moment because he was just going off. Uh, But it was it's very interesting to hear about the Houston Rockets as this team that has accountability with Emei Odoka, has veteran leadership with Fred Van Fleet and Dylan Brooks and Jeff Green. Shout out Jeff Green, bald Jeff Green. Uh, and it has been really interesting to see them sort of transition away from being that young, incompetent organization to being an actual basketball team with an actual future. So, uh, really cool to see from them. I think the Nuggets are going to get pushed, like given that what David Adam just said in this video that we showed. Like they'll be a little bit sloppy. The Nuggets will, in all likelihood. So I'm I'm curious to see how both teams handle that matchup on Sunday.
1: Yeah, the roster have won five great games. And right now they're believing in their identity and stuff. So maybe we'll see if the Nuggets come out like they did with the Thunder and they're like, all right, cool, you know, let's end this game early, get this done in three quarters, and maybe they will if they choose to do so. But I think the Rockets are come out. They're going to really try to set the tone for themselves. And, again, they care about these kind of games. They're playing versus the the NBA champion and the best player in the world. And Alfie, his role model is the guy that's 20 years old in the middle of his prime on the way to winning a third MVP. So, yeah, man, it's just – you know everything everything's in the recipe especially with a very competitive coach like Ime Yudoka. everything is in the recipe for this to be a slaughterhouse
0: i'm i'm man it's going to be funny it's going to be really funny if the nuggets like the only two losses that they have are to the minnesota timberwolves and to the houston rockets it's going to be right. tremendously hilarious and good content for everybody and everybody will overreact it's going to be a lot of fun but uh we we've got sunday at houston tuesday versus the la clippers that is an in-season tournament game Friday is also an in-season tournament game against the New Orleans Pelicans on the road. uh, And then Sunday at the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, That Friday game at New Orleans begins a five-game road trip for Denver, like you talked about. And it is a condensed part of their schedule and it is going to be hard. It is going to be difficult. And I'm curious to see how they handle it. But it is important for that reason to take the Sunday game seriously, to take this Tuesday game seriously, this Friday game seriously, because towards the end of that road trip, it's going to get hard. Like, it's just going to be yeah. difficult for them to handle some of the, Like, there's a back-to-back in there between Cleveland and Detroit, I believe. And it's going to be just a, a grind at the beginning of this year, especially without Jamal Murray. So I'm hoping that they get through it unscathed, but uh, we'll, we'll find out, I guess.
1: Yeah, man. Um, you know, this week, we got the Rockets on Sunday, Clippers, Pelicans, Cavs, and then the Pistons on that next Monday.
0: So they got four games
1: uh, coming this week, basically, Ryan, if you're including this Sunday, or three games if you're including um, the next Sunday, or if not. But all these, are, again, are winnable games. The issue is is just that, first off, the Clippers are like, going to be desperate. They look horrible right now. Nobody knows their role. Kawhi Leonard is talking like a role player. Paul George is talking about I need to go work hard on rebounding and stuff to make sure we don't you know, fall in between the cracks on some of these things. It's like, bro, that's not your job. Yeah, well, I'm I, doing this. I agree with you. Like, I, I think that it, it's so
0: funny how that has really devolved. That situation has devolved. Now they are going to become hard and steam for some reason. The system himself, uh, and it is going to be really weird to see how they like how they respond because they've come. To, they're coming to a, a, a nugget situation where they haven't won against the Nuggets in like like since the Vietnam War. Like, it is going to be right. fascinating to see how they handle that. And I'm I'm just curious to see, like, is is this thing going to fizzle out and die before it actually gets off the ground? I'm curious. Well,
1: no, because I know what they're going to do. They're going to eventually put Russ on the bench and they're going to have Harden, Paul George, Terrence Mann, uh, and uh, Kawhi Leonard and Ibika Zubak starting. The problem is, is like, I wouldn't look, I don't know what they're doing. I would have just started Ibika Zubak, BJ Tucker, Kawhi, PG, and then have Harden. And then you can rotate everybody else. Then you've some nice staggered with Russ and PG, and the stagers with Harden and, and Paul and, and Kawhi Leonard. I mean, there's all kind of, but they and they keep going small. Like they were running lineup with like Norman Powell, Bones Highland, with PJ Tucker at the point, with Russ on the court. Like, what are we doing? It's like you have wings, use well, them.
0: That's the thing, though, is that they, given the the trade that they made, they kept Norman yeah. Powell for some reason, uh, and they decided, you know what, we're gonna move Nicholas Batum, we're gonna move mm-hmm. Mar- Marcus Morris, we're gonna move Robert Covington. All of these guys, that for some reason, like other than Marcus Morris, they should have held on to Nichols' Batum for dear life because he would have been right. so helpful, kind of connecting things for this group. And I just like they got they got a they got a bad deal it, it, with this with this Harden deal. I am I am not high on the Clippers right now. I think that they sh- like they're gonna have to reshuffle their.
1: I can't hear you, Ryan. Yeah, Ryan, your sound is messing up. Everybody, everybody, laugh and point at Ryan Blackburn. The sound is just jacked up. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> <Steve>! <laughs> uh, All right, like Ryan, I'm going I'm a move. I'm, let me move you out of the way, and then fix your audio and come back up. All right. Uh This is weekends with Swiper uh, with Swiper uh, Ryan Blackburn down below. Y'all, is the audio fixed now? Is it back up? Well, yeah. Anyway, I think the Clippers situation is just uh, a complete joke right now. I don't know how or when they're going to fix that, but hopefully they're able to get that fixed soon. Who knows? Uh, But the Nuggets are going to have the Pelicans and the Cavs coming up on the rest of this week. So. I don't know, man, like the Clippers, they should be able to win. If I gave my final four predictions, I think they're going to win. Ryan, can you hear it?
0: I mean, I could hear you the entire time. I don't know what happened with me uh what was going on like i'm, uh, I'm sorry everybody that was uh I, nothing happened nothing should have happened nothing changed on my end like i, I don't know that what was happened.
1: hilarious man oh my god
0: yeah by uh, the way yeah Steve i i certainly saw that comment thank you i uh, <laughs> really appreciate
1: it uh, uh so but weird. here but here right so my prediction i think the nuggets are going to win the rockets game i think they're going to win about 115 to 105 Is my score prediction for that one um I think the game they might end up losing this week um, might be the Pelicans game. And then they'll come back and beat the the Cavs uh, and the Pistons. But I think they might lose the Pelicans. By the way, I'll call this. This whole – remember, I called the Pelicans game to be the worst game. I said they're going to they're gonna win the Warriors game. And I said they would most likely lose to the Timberwolves given the situation. So – and I'm kind of riding the hot streak right now. Do I want to lock in with the Pelicans?
0: Mm. You should. They're not great yeah, against not- New Orleans. Like – like yeah, in, in New Orleans for, for sure. Like that's right. That is a, like, I mean, I know it is an in-season tournament game, but they've got two days off and they'll be traveling to New Orleans to have some fun. So I, I can absolutely understand. <laughs> uh, but no, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll see what happens. I think for, for this particular stretch, I'll say that they lose to Houston. They beat the Clippers. They lose to New Orleans and they lose to Cleveland. I think they go one and three. And people are going to be
1: like, is this guy falling? One and three?
0: Yeah. Uh, it's either going to be two and two or one and three.
1: Where did uh, you get this? Ryan with the pessimistic. Oh, uh, what did you say about it's... the New Orleans Pelicans? They had a deeper bench when they were down 20 or something like that. Oh, that was that was the tweet that, of today, by the way.
0: That, uh, that jinx worked perfectly, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. It, the, you know what's funny about the jinx is that I literally just tweet my thoughts and then the Nuggets – use this cosmic like karma to then make me look like a dumbass and everybody has go. now branded it. Ryan, you're doing great with your jinx, man. Thank you so much for your help. Really appreciate it. And I'm just like I... Yes, that's right. That is exactly what happened. Uh no, I, I'm I'm gonna we'll, we'll say two and two. Well I'll I'll be safe and say two and two. But so I think the, very... the
1: losses this, this week. Uh
0: I will say that they I'll say that they beat Houston, actually. They beat the Clippers and then they lose to the Pelicans and the Cavs. Uh the Cavs are gonna recover, but they have a setup with Jared Allen and Evan Mobley that should give well, often, uh, some some often. Minnesota vibes. I I do agree, but like they're a team that can also get hot. Um, like they 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 will get hot in against Denver. That'll be my prediction. And people will be like, Man, Denver's defense just doesn't Ooh, look Max very good Bruce? right now.
1: Yeah. Let me see. Their their offense this year. Oh, my gosh. Ugh. They're 25th in the NBA in offense so far to start this year. And they're shooting. Is that a 55.7 true shooting? They have a negative true shooting as a roster. They can't shoot worth a lick. Ugh. I I, mean,
0: I no, don't get me I, wrong. I, like
1: Their defense is good, but. Yeah.
0: That'll be a good test for KCP, I think. That's one where. If oh, Donovan Mitchell gets, well, yeah, Donovan Mitchell gets free right of
1: everything, yeah, yeah I, I'm
0: with you. I'm with you. I, uh, that is my prediction is that they start to get their stuff together because I think a lot of people viewed them as a 50 win team and they're going to figure it out. It's like it just sometimes takes time, you know? So, yeah, we'll I mean, see. they
1: went 0 and 4 with Darius Garland and he came back in the lineup. Uh, and they won the next game, can't remember. Um, but yeah, bro, I mean, they're but even their two tower lineup, like Denver doesn't struggle with. Jokic doesn't struggle with Darren Allen and Evan Mobley, you know. So, I mean, we'll have to see how, how that ends up working. And I think in the first game, he had a 28-point triple-double, and then they won again in Cleveland. But they did have to come back in that game, though.
0: Yeah, no, I, I think that without Jamal, like, when you don't have that space and you don't have that dynamic pick-and-roll partner, then, like – and I know that we we just talked about Reggie being, like, great. He has stepped up for sure. But it is it is at least, I think, some more variance kind of gets in there. And they'll they'll make Reggie – prove it. They'll make they'll make those guys beat him and I think that with uh the Gordon Jokic like kind of factor it's going to be going to be fascinating to see how Mopley and Allen really try to figure that out. So, should be good. Um all right, well that's that's all I've got. Sorry about the vibrator playing in the background. It's crazy. Uh,
1: I don't associate with that comment at all, y'all. <laughs> all
0: right. That is going to do it, I think for this episode of Weekends with Swiper. For some reason, this always screws my audio. I don't understand why. When I play this, it always. So we will see how it goes, but really do appreciate everybody. Thank you so much for popping in here. Uh, went for basically a full hour. Lots of lots of fun times. Lots of uh, interesting moments on, on this particular episode. So, thank you so much, Can uh, Swipe, it for uh, for popping in here. Any uh, any parting thoughts before we we get out of here?
1: Uh, Apparently, y'all, the Cleveland Cavaliers' uh, stinky offense is going to recalibrate with uh, the Donovan mitchell Jared Allen pick-and-roll versus league-worst defender Nikola Jokic. You heard it here first from Ryan Blackburn, everyone.
0: That is exactly what I said. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, everybody. Really appreciate you. Uh, Hit that like button, that subscribe button all the way out. We'll talk to you guys next week.